0: verdict is in. At the moment, your two simian friends and sponsors are free on bail, but they'll soon be brought to trial for heresy. What about me? Oh, your case was preordained. In a way, you did the state of service, because you made it possible for us to expose Zera and Cornelius. Now the tribunal has placed you in my custody for final disposition. You realize what that means? No. Emasculation to begin with. Then experimental surgery on the speech centers, on the brain. Eventually a kind of living death.
1: expect me to talk? Hello, and welcome to episode 194 of Do You expect to Talk? Or should that be episode 201? Hmm. Anyway, I'm Becca and as always joined by my fellow co-hosts Chris Burn and Dave Bond. And tonight, as we begin a new series, we also welcome our special guest, Charlie Brigden, Movie and Jay- Films on Wax. How are you both?
0: Both of the three of us, yes. All the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> good, good and I'm,
1: evening, myself. I'm fine. How are you guys?
2: I'm just reminiscing of the days where you'd actually, you know, saw astronauts smoking on, on board spacecrafts. <laughs> just thinking, I can't I, I can't see that happening in a hundred years' what time or so.
0: What world do we live in when you can't train, <laughs> you can't chain smoke in zero G? I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's I mean, health say you know, safety gone mad in my
1: opinion. Mean, I
2: mean, Christ, all you have to do is open a window,
0: that's fine. <laughs>
1: Open
0: a window open okay, space. <laughs> Just crack it open. <laughs> yeah, and, T- talk about ventilation, that'll get rid of it. <laughs> so yeah, space about right to explode, you're like totally worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you're inside and suddenly outside, you know you've got problems. I
0: was watching an episode of Only Fools and Horses a while back, and like Rodney is smoking in a hospital at one point, and this is oh the God. early 90s. It's like this all crept up on us like faster than we think.
1: Well, it did, didn't it? Literally. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I think that's all very relevant conversation too, to tonight, sir. So. Like, yeah,
2: but it's you. like when you go on like you know a, a airplanes and you still they still have like the the
0: ashtrays and the, and, the, and you think, geez, how old is this, this plane? I <laughs> you planes are like thirty odd years old after a yeah. time, aren't they? Get on oh, them.
1: so that's true. Yeah, they're going to be quite old, aren't they? I mean, I remember going. Where did they go to the Hovercraft Museum? Um, and obviously, it had like vintage hovercraft from the 70s or something. And it was just, it was very weird to see, you know, ashtray sort of bits in the armrest and everything else. You, you'd still get that like, maybe on planes at the moment because, yeah, they are sort of really old stuff. I, I
0: didn't think the Hovercraft Museum would come up tonight.
1: No, that's really random.
0: Fair enough.
1: No, just, we used to mention that. I thought, oh, that's what it reminds me of a complete unrelated mode of transport. All
0: right. Nothing whatsoever to do this film. So, this series, before oh, we God. sort of uh, get, get into it, um, we were supposed to do this in 2018 and we ran out of time with gaps and everything else and Marvel and God knows what else we ran out of time. We wanted to do it in 2018 to hit the 50th anniversary of the first film. And when we missed it, suddenly it wasn't a massive priority. So we got a few other things out of the way first. Um, But yeah, we probably should have been doing this around the time we did Marvel, but Marvel took us nearly a year because of gaps, delays and everything else. And that's that. So what are we covering uh, over the next few weeks, Becca? So
1: over the next few weeks, we'll be working our way through the Planet of the Apes series. Starting with the original and iconic Planet of the Apes, starring Charlton Heston, with McDowell, Jeff Burton, Robert Gunner, Kim Hunter, Morris Evans, Linda Harrison and Norman Burton, aka okay, Felix, from Diamonds of Forever. The score by Jerry Goldsmith, script by Michael Wilson, no, not that one, Rod Serling and based on the novel by Pierre Bull and directed by Frank and J. Scheffner, whose name I can't pronounce, and released in 1968.
0: Yeah. Um, fairly early in 1968. So, yeah, I, I'm now getting to sort of a quite close to the age Charlton Heston was when he was making this. Uh, oh. People age in very different ways these days. Uh, Charlie, you've got quite a background with this series because you were always sort of going to join us for this. So what, what's your sort of background with Planet of the Apes?
3: Um. I don't know really. I've just kind of always loved it since so sort as kind of a, a kid. Yeah. And I kind of, <clears throat> I think they showed them all on BBC Two or something like that. Right. Like a, a, a season. And uh, yeah, they've they've just always been really really impressive films and just just really different.
0: Yeah, there's nothing quite like it to be fair. Um... So, just to quickly run us through what we're going to be covering, you have tonight 1968's Planet of the Apes. Next uh, next week will be Beneath the Planet of the Apes, starring continuity Charlton Heston as well as Charlton Heston. Uh, <laughs> 19- Could actually 70-
1: Charlton Heston.
0: Yeah, the 1970s sort of, sequel to it, which is in a similar style to this one. Uh, then you have 1971's Escape from the Planet of the Apes, which, without ruining anything, is where the series absolutely massively changes direction uh and he's probably a favorite of mine with along with the fourth one which is conquest of the planet of the apes for 1972 uh, followed by the one i remember loathing but we'll see uh battle for the planet of the apes 1973 and the last of the original series we've then got the tim burton remake planet of the apes from 2001 starring marky mark <laughs> Be the
1: highlight, co- c- I
0: think. Confusing the young man in me, uh, only because Helen the Bottom Carter looked way sexier in The Ape Makeup <laughs> um, It's then quite we have the, Then we have the reboot series from the last decade. We have 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and then the Matt Reeves double, 2014's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and 2017's War for the Planet of the Apes, where I'm sure Charlie and I will both be waxing lyrical about the score to that film. <sighs> um, uh, I obviously, Charlie, dig in with uh, score whenever you want. This has a Jerry Goldsmith score. Apart from that, I don't know a massive amount about the film, except that the screenplay is written by Michael Wilson, not that one, and Rod Serling, who's probably best known for The Twilight Zone. Um, so i heard no, that name before, yeah. Now, uh, Schaffner, Sh- the director of this film. I, I don't know him from very much. I'm, I'm going through, but he's probably best known outside of this for Papillon. Yeah, well,
1: um, the
0: boys from Brazil,
2: you... as well as another one at
1: Brazil. That's it. Yeah,
0: boys from Brazil, not Brazil. That was terrible. No,
1: I just catch uh, the end
0: of it. Uh, Pat- <laughs> yes,
1: but... Sorry.
3: Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say he did Patton as well.
0: I was just about to say Patton because that was that was the first Academy Award won by Francis Ford Coppola as well, who wrote the script for it. Um, George C. Scott film from 1970 So actually as you go through there'll be a few things I think I've seen Nicholas and Alexandria as well But there are mm,
1: recommend that film. that, really good.
0: But when I glance yeah. Through it quickly you go oh Papillon yeah. So um, that That's really all I know about it In terms of its. Uh, it's a fairly low Budget film 5.8 million But then having said that nearly a decade Later Star Wars got knocked Out for around that so it's not It's not unprecedentedly low um, and it took a box office in North America, don't know the worldwide figure, of a shade over 33. So a solid hit in an era where it was always considered sci-fi films did not take big money. They had to be low budget um, for that it's, very reason. It's it's
3: funny you mention Star Wars, because really Planet of the Apes was kind of the precursor of Star Wars in terms of the merchandising because everyone kind of goes mad about Star Wars and saying about how George Lucas obviously made the money from agreeing to uh, have the rights to the merchandising and that kind of thing in his contract. But when Planet of the Apes and then the sequels came out, um, you had toys, you had lunch boxes, you had all sorts of things. And also you had this, you didn't only have the series, you had a TV series as well. And, um, there was a cartoon as well, a planet. Of the I've not cartoon. seen either, yeah. They, they, they weren't too bad, um, and uh, so it was kind of like, yeah, it, it was really kind of like the first kind of franchise, um, to be honest with you. I mean,
0: they it's knocked them out fast as well,
3: yeah. I was gonna say because when you were like, when you were running back all those and thinking, like, maybe in 71, 72, 73, 74, how how how. Quickly, they were knocking them out. I mean, you can tell with some of them, like he said, Battle for the Apes is, it's no spoiler to say that that's a bit of a disappointing finale to the series. But, I mean, it's, but it's especially, it's, it's an important film because, I mean, the, the time that the film came out, I mean, it came out the same year as 2001. Mm. So, and you had a couple of years ago um, in 66, you had Fantastic Voyage. Um so kinda of around the time you had a real kind of a kind of little movement of um of, of really good kind of cerebral science fiction. Um I mean you mentioned Rod Serling as well in the Twilight Zone, which of course with the Twilight Zone and you had the outer limits on TV as well. Um which kind of added to that as well. So and Star Trek as well.
0: Oh, definitely. Because yeah. this
3: was too, yeah. So this this was came out while Star Trek was still on air.
0: I think just a slight tangent to Star Trek is I, I would. I was thinking about this when I was watching the film the other day. Some younger viewers um, will, and I don't want to generalize too greatly, but they might struggle because you've got this makeup that's very dated now and a lack of articulation in the faces and so on. It's a little like watching the devil in the dark mm. in that if you can switch off what you're watching in terms of the fact that this rock monster is actually just a carpet um, or a, you know, a, a duvet cover or something. Uh, if you can switch that off and just focus on what, what the show is doing, it's really good. And planet of the apes is the same. You have to get past a certain stylistic datedness. And also I think, I think Charlton Heston will get, get into it through the film, but I, I, I think Charlton Heston, I'll I'll come right out and say it. I don't think he was a particularly good actor. Um, In recent weeks for different things, I've watched older films with people like Burt Lancaster in them. And quite a lot of these guys, there's only a handful of them that are really great, like a Robert Mitchum or something like that. But there's quite a few of the names from the era, even a Kirk Douglas, where you watch them and you think, they still play all right now. Charlton Heston plays Hammy as fuck. And he's a little bit out of his era, just as... Just as sort of cinema's going a bit, sort of, you know, there's new wave movements across the world, and Easy Rider comes out around this time, and cinema is going a little bit more counterculture. You've got quite an establishment figure in Charlton Heston, a little bit out of his time by this point. He's slightly odd casting in its way.
2: I think also, it's like, I don't think he's in the right genre as well. Yeah, no, he seems, I, he's
1: not as progressive, I would say. I'm no, well, He's um, definitely
2: not progressive. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> quite no.
2: firmly. I'm yeah. no like you know. I haven't seen many many of Charlton Heston's movies, uh, but he's. I think he's more probably known for things like Ben Hur. You know those, those biblical types. You know he you know does played Moses and yeah. I think he's you know he's probably better suited that, because I I kind of thought thought the same, Dave. I was like thinking he just feels a bit out of place. He doesn't feel. He doesn't scream, like, you know, it's sci-fi, I'm an astronaut. I know, I I was thinking maybe, possibly, because he's a name, that's probably what they could get at the time. I don't know, but I don't know. He's got quite
1: a masculine presence as well, obviously, as a male character, but it's very very much kind of like typical American masculinity as well, definitely. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I will just make a general point about the series. I don't know them as well as Charlie, because I think, uh, apart from this being my second viewing of Planet of the Apes for this show, I'd only seen the original five once each. So, uh, but when they get to three, they go a little bit more comedic in their way, although they're not comedies. I, I don't want to give that impression. But the decision they make in the third film seems to be a budgetary one. When I look at the budgets, they drop accordingly. We're looking at a shade under six million here. By film three, we're, we're around the two mark and the last couple are doing 1.0 costing 1.7 million each so you've got a you've got a budget being sort of cut to less than a third more like 30 you know 28 30% of the first film and the box office adjusted accordingly was dropping so it was diminishing returns whether the films mimic that i don't know but this is the only one they sort of threw relatively money at having said that chris mentions ben-hur and i know ben-hur cost 13 million to make a long long time before this film what about you guys uh chris becker you, you've seen these films before
2: uh, i um i've seen this once i haven't seen i'm, I'm a completely reality newcomer to planet so i'm not seen uh any of the other originals i think i've seen this once before and i've seen the remake on the initial release haven't seen it since and the only ones I've actually come back and we watched are the um the the reboot or I don't know if you want to call them reboots, I don't know, but the, the, the newer ones, um, which which I think are really good, spoiler alert. But um so I'm relatively newcomer. I think my first uh it's intro to Planet of the Apes was actually the T V show randomly. Uh it was it used I've to be on it. it used to be on Channel four, like sort of late Sunday mornings. Uh, at one time so i think i've caught like maybe like, a few episodes when it was on there but i've never really sort of been it's not been a franchise that i've uh, i've gone to um and I, so i'm I say i'm very new to this really so it's not really my um my oh, i was gonna say my bag but, but it's not it's not really it's not really my sort of wheelhouse really it's not my you know it's not what something i mean so i'm coming into as a, as a complete newbie pretty much
0: I'm looking at the TV show overview on Wikipedia at the moment and it does appear to be in a different continuity although Roddy, Roddy McDowell is in it so is Mark Lennard as it, it happens yeah Laleigh yeah a composer for it mission impossible thing yeah. Um, oh, there's uh, a, yeah
1: there's a thread running through
0: it did run for that long only ran for three or four months um, but looking at it, it when it's it's giving an overview of the series and it, it appears like a redo yeah yeah very much so um, so I'd be kind of interested in that. I would. I, I can't imagine it would look that much cheaper either, because I'd imagine they'd repurposed a lot of the mm. outfits and makeup and stuff. So yeah, uh, Roddy McDowell will be will be a thing through all. You know, the, the first few films of this series, but we'll we'll come to all of that.
3: Um, yeah, you, you you mentioned about the the films go more comedic with number three. Yeah, um, which maybe was a necessary turn after number two. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, but, um, I mean, have you ever read the original novel?
0: No, I haven't. It's based on uh, a French book, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's called it was called Monkey Planet, uh, and mm. Planet of the Apes in some places as well, by Pierre Boulle, who wrote The Bridge on the River Kwai. Right. And you... um, it's a satire. Okay. Yes, I read it when I was a child. Which probably drew me to the film. And also, because now that I'm thinking a bit more, I was kind of I was obsessed with apes and primates and monkeys because of King Kong.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. We ought to do those sometime, haven't we?
3: Yeah. So I love King, King Kong. Movies, Kong definitely.
0: Yeah. Mighty Joe Young
3: and all those kind of things. And
0: Might leave off yeah. Mighty Joe Young, but yeah.
3: Oh, the original <laughs> Mighty Joe Young.
1: Oh, right. I think I, I probably would yeah. my dad to see that at the
3: cinema Yeah. And um, so I, I was obsessed with apes. And I remember having a book when I was a kid that was all about apes in films, um, which was really good. And, um, but uh, yeah, and, and it, but it was a satire. So in the original book, and I think they did kind of do pre-production stuff for when they, uh, they were doing the original film. Um, you've got, it's quite modern. So you've got apes, in helicopters and driving cars and mm. as policemen and things like that. So pretty much oh, like, 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 like uh, Tim Burton did at the end of his film. Exactly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I I sounds really like, yeah the
1: movie.
0: Yeah. That was never explained because there wasn't a sequel. I, I think they know what... I think he knew what that meant. But, of course, it never got explored. But we'll get there in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um,
3: Looking forward um, to that so that. So, which is why some people think that... The third film, particularly, is somewhat more faithful to the, to the original novel because it has a much more a much a much more obvious level of satire than the pre, in the original film
0: yeah i mean there's even there's even some of the stuff you get i mean if you think about the decade that followed and the years that have followed oh, and the, yeah. thereafter where um, there's a frequent um, theme in films of press interest within the story and public interest in characters within a story being unable to distinguish between fame and infamy yes think of, think of um network where like he, he goes absolutely mad. As hell. can't mad. take it anymore yeah he goes mad on fucking he becomes a big celebrity just because we and he's just the guy needs help Absolutely, um, and this and I think there's, there's a little bit of that from the third film onwards. They they become a little bit more sort of um, curiosities. Um, I can't. I think we're 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 going to be unable to to hide the twist until the third film. Um, but the third film goes to like more or less present day.
4: There's
0: another yes. twist. I say I say more or less because. Um, if the third film is, is 1970, it's set in 73 or something like that, but it, it's yeah. pretty much present day. Um, and, and it is to do with... It, it directly links to these films, uh, to this film. It's not it's not a reimagining or anything. It's kind of a sequel and prequel all into one. And um, we see Charlton Heston's character uh, Taylor again next week, but he's a minor character. Um from memory i quite liked this one i well that's not from memory i've watched it this week but my memory before we, we came into the series i remember really not liking beneath the planet of the apes i'm not looking forward to the second one i remember loving the third and fourth ones and then really struggling with the fifth of the original five so we'll see how that gets sort of challenged now they they are patchy in quality but they're worth a look They really are. I I can't promise anyone listening who hasn't seen them that you will like them, but I don't think you'll regret giving them a try.
1: I'm very keen to see them.
3: And they do have Ricardo Montalban
0: as well. Well, that's
1: what I I thought. There may be, obviously, with the Jerry Goldsmith music, there might be a slight Star Trek crossover, but I think that's all it's going to be.
0: Yeah, nobody says nice people or anything.
1: No. (laughs) <laughs> but I think uh, Montalbano will definitely be the um, be the highlight from from what I gather reading around these films.
0: Uh, i say the third and fourth ones are are, are really good uh, for me. Um, mm-hmm. As for uh, this film, I don't know what what um, I, what I can add in terms of like creative crew. Uh, Jerry Smith score. I don't know how I didn't know that. Um, it's very simple, isn't it? It's a very simple score. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but very experimental.
0: It um, doesn't sound very him. If there is a him, he's a lot more malleable than some.
3: Yeah, it, it does if you know him.
0: Right. Um, maybe, but
3: I mean, yeah, he, because, I mean, uh, at this point, because he, he, I don't know if it was Schaffner, the director, um, yeah. he, he and Goldsmith had a kind of partnership um, and they ended up working on several because um, they worked together on Pattern, and Papillon, and The Boys from Brazil. Um, I think they did maybe one of Schaffner's first... Yeah, he did a film called The Stripper, um, and Goldsmith scored that as well. If um, I also, put that
0: film on, though, and someone's just taking wallpaper off the fucking wall, I'll be really disappointed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and also there was a... Uh, it's very steamy, Dave. Whoa. <laughs> um, a film called Islands in the Stream, which was an Ernest Hemingway
4: Adaptation,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, so so they had a very good and fruitful partnership together, Um, and yeah, for this, um, just because of the absolute weirdness of the film, it it kind of feels it feels even weirder that the score is so kind of avant-garde, and uh, I mean, there's it's it's been a famous thing for years that he uses actual mixing bowls. Um, from his kitchen, in, right. in in the score, to get a, a certain kind of
0: tone. It's probably another thing that makes Charlton Heston feel out of place. <laughs> it, it, you know, this experimental, like the dawn of the seventies. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the only other thing, the only other creative uh, I wanted to mention, just from looking around the other day, was Leon Shamroy. Leon Shamroy was the cinematographer on this um and he actually won four academy awards for his uh his dp work um and nominated for a, a number as well and he's a very old fashioned cinematographer when you note the films he made stuff like the king and i uh south pacific and so on but he also lensed uh, cleopatra which is infamous in its way the the um elizabeth taylor film but it is beautiful um his career was pretty much done not that long after this I think, in fact, it looks like this might even have been his last film in his late 60s. But I just wanted to mention him. He, he won four Academy Awards. So this is not skimping. You know, they've got a name leading man, probably past the absolute peak of his fame, but put a lot of money to it for a sci-fi film. It had a top cinematographer, a, t- a top um, composer, a top editor as well. Hugh Fowler who was also uh, known for working with Schaffner and also worked on Patton and so on he also um, he also edited um, oh, so he edited gentlemen prefer blondes as well the, the and the seven year rich the blown mm. skirt scene um that's all I really wanted to say about it it's a it's a fairly tight film uh, in its way 112 minutes um, reasonably efficient it's quite languid in its first act. Um, it's, you can sort of see it's in the same era as, as a sort of 2001, quite languid, you know, um, in some respects when things like Apocalypse Now came along, which, which couldn't have happened until obviously after Vietnam, um, it almost felt a throwback to this era. Films that just like took their time and had, were quite happy to have the sort of lead characters observing as much as being active. So it's a, it's a film of its time. In, in terms of what I think about it, I, I quite like it. I think that's all I can say. It's um, Charlton Heston's a bit of a negative for me. I'm not a big fan of his at all. But I appreciate what they're doing here. I appreciate they're, they're putting something on screen that's never been attempted before. And they're putting people in these sort of ape outfits, which frankly could have drawn laughs and killed the film instantly. So this was a relatively high budget experiment that could have become infamous had audiences not responded to it had they just gone that looks utterly ridiculous and i can't follow the plot anyway because the whole idea of like time dilation which we will come to at the start of the film is would have been fairly new to audiences i think it's, it's something we get now um so it's it's a gamble fairly simple story but some really nice sort of subversive ideas in there about class and a, and a, a very defined caste system uh, amongst the apes. Um, so the, the more society the evolves, the less it evolves almost. And you can see that in sort of modern politics, that the more we go forward, we end up sort of going backwards somehow and, and coming out with ever more simplistic messages. It's got some ideas about um, that religion as sort of a comfort blanket I don't know if you'd agree with that, Charlie. Um, yes, absolutely. For a society. And I like it. There's better. There's nothing more iconic to come, but there are entries I probably enjoy more to come.
1: Uh, Becca, what do you think? What's your...? Yeah, I'm the same as Chris, really. I've... I mean, you probably know this anyway, but all my knowledge about Planet of the Apes comes from that Simpsons episode where Troy McClure ends up doing a musical about the Planet of the Apes. I was going to share yeah.
2: that at some point with the
1: chat. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> literally that is where my knowledge of this comes from I think um, I've seen this first film ages ago um, and then I've obviously seen the the more recent The Andy Circus films um, when, they came, when they were released at the cinema um, sadly I've not seen them since so I'm looking forward to going back and revisiting those I might have seen the Mark Wahlberg one at the, at the cinema but I get no, no sort of memory but it's it just being very, very messy and the ending very confusing um, as much as I love Tim Burton as a director so that'll be interesting to read revisit this one. But he looks
0: like he needs to fart in every scene of that film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> literally that is like his number one priority. I
0: know. It just looks awful. But anyway, cool, I'm
1: Literally just shove it all together, see what happens. Um
0: and how do you yeah, get I'll... on with this film?
1: <laughs> I just crack on with it. Um but yeah I'm a bit of a newcomer as well, definitely. Um Chris mentioned the the animated series. Um, on Sunday mornings. Um,
2: no, it, was the, it wasn't the animated, it was the... Oh, the, the... The,
1: the TV series. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a cartoon as well, definitely. I, yeah, um, I don't remember the cartoon. Yeah, the TV but... series, I think I might have had like, a vague memory of that, um, like Late Night BBC or something, for example. Um, but yeah, I didn't... I was only just recently become aware of like the animated series and also um, the Japanese spin-off... Well, not really a spin-off, but its own kind of, um, its own kind of series as well, which was choppily edited and hastened down from like a, a proper series to to like a two and a half or hour and a half movie for american audiences which is very crazy indeed i think i believe that's on youtube um which I, i've forgotten the name of but I'll, I'll check it out and maybe send a link on our social media channels um yes yeah, so it's been quite interesting to read around this i've sadly not read the original novel um but i should look out for it if i come across it and definitely give it a read um, for me I like all the social aspects of it, like for example the the, comment, the commentary on society, on religion, the different caste system, um, between the relationships between um like orangtans and, and, you know, and um and gorillas for example, and the kind of the social structure that they have. Um I definitely agree about the whole uses using um, religion um as, as a crutch and as a comfort blanket for sure. Um the whole reason that they don't progress is because um like the maker and the creator is kind of basically just held up in so high esteem that nothing else there um, nothing else. They're contributing it basically, um, and also commentary on kind of like race and race relations, and that which is which is obvious, but again, really important and quite uh, prescient today, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't aware that it was like the behemoth that of just you know having all these sequels, remakes, um, cartoon toys, TV series, Simpsons parody. <laughs> so you know, it's it's quite exciting to dis- you know to discover this massive um, this um, I don't know what you call it, this, this really um, legendary, iconic series. Um, but yeah, so pretty much all my knowledge comes from that Simpsons episode. Um, I think that's really clever, um, and yeah, the twist was kind of ruined for me a little bit by that. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to, to sort of really getting into it, really, um, and sort of discovering... Because um, I've, I've sort of read reviews of, of the, the later sequels as well, and it kind of gets you know progressively worse as you go along i think depending on which which um critic you read um but for a film that was you know that's clearly this iconic i think it's such a shame that it does kind of get not get worse but just kind of like decline <laughs> it seems to me that standard does decline a little bit so a little bit like oh what a shame um but yeah considering the, the universe and, and the world of this film is, is so wide-ranging um i'm looking forward to diving into it and obviously learning about you know what what you guys have to say about it so
2: it's kind of a hard film to really um, review in in, in in a proper sense because it is almost so iconic. You, like you watch it and you think, well, you know, you, in a way, it's one, it's it because it's so established that you kind of already w- with it, you've seen a lot of it of what other films have done bef- like beyond it uh, before, and so you, so you watch it now, like today, and you think this is such. Is, at, at the time was it way was it way like uh, ahead of its time or or was this like w- w- was it kind of like as obvious as, as it is now because I, I look at the um, the twist so to speak which is like you know it was Earth all long god damn it <laughs> spoiler alert um, you know, I mean, it's 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 on the poster. I mean, now it's on the poster. Um, <laughs> as many as many years old. You can't avoid it no. You can't but, avoid it. But no. but like you know, it feels like it's so telegraphed because the uh, what's the uh, the ape the the world, what's his name? Um, I'm gonna just quickly look now. Doctor Sayers. Yeah, Doctor Sayers. Doctor Sayers. That's it. <laughs> um, he, you know, I I Good I know I I I that, and I'm I'm more like asking this really because I I realise I'm saying that knowing. Knowing what what it what the twist of knowing that it was Earth all along, it feels like it knew that and it was hinting that the entire time. Like you know, Doctor Z knew that uh, this is Earth. You, you know, you're you're you definitely on Earth <laughs> in a way way, but just didn't want it, you know want everyone to know. Um, I,
0: I I knew the twist before I saw the film, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah.
2: So that's so it's kind of almost like hard really to kind of like because it's so everything about it's so iconic and. You know, and other films have like have lifted, have lifted from this film, or have like you know parried it, or like acknowledged it in some way.
0: Um, I think it's... they made an obvious mistake by filming it on Earth. That's a bit of a <laughs> giveaway. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah,
1: they should have filmed it on the actual planet. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah. but um, but the only thing I will add though is um, I actually quite found the, the the actual makeup actually really really well done. Uh, yeah and, guy, I, actually considering
1: I, the time when it was made i was quite impressed the effects and makeup largely held up
2: because dave is right this is a, a bit of a challenging thing you know to sort of i have like just a bunch of actors in in monkey suits and go well, well that's plausible <laughs> but like but but actually I, I was i was actually sort of spent a lot of the time actually watching like the masks and and yes like you know they they're not like you tell they're just rubber masks but you can actually sort of see the performance in there as well it's not just like oh there's a bit of like you know the the you lips moving in, in the, the mouth, lips but they put, they No, preserve, that's they probably testament to, to
1: makeup artist and, and the actor as well you can have that synergy and you can obviously emote through all the layers of latex etc etc
2: yeah but I just, I just thought that was one of the things cause given that given it's like made like you know it's still in the 60s mm. um, it felt really re- really well done I mean I watched it with uh with a girlfriend uh, uh, a few days ago, when we watched it, and, 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 she, and she thought she, she didn't think no, it was like as old as it was. She was like, "Oh, it's still in the 60s. I was like, "Yeah." Uh, so it 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 does. I think it, you know it it's it done well. Up. They've done well with like with what they had. If it, yeah,
1: I would agree definitely. I think there was probably one moment where you could see. I think it's maybe during like an argument sort of scene, um, and you can see like the the real actors face kind of just but you know just beneath the mask just very briefly and that kind of takes you out of the moment but otherwise it's very convincing um and i've got a fun fact coming up about the makeup at the end of the show um but no i do think it is for you know for what it's worth definitely i think one of the one of the great hallmarks of this film are is kind of like sort of obviously the costumes and the makeup um and i think that's something that we'll continue to 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 point out um as, as we go through the series
0: okay um charlie uh, sort of initial thoughts on on the film. We've talked about the series, but this this specific entry.
3: Yeah, um, I think it's a masterpiece. Um, I mean, yeah, like like I said, I've been watching it for a long time, um, so um, it's it's kind of it's it's always kind of embeds itself in my head as just an incredibly important film and that didn't change at all when I watched it today um, I mean I can agree with the criticisms on Chan Heston but uh, on the other hand he is kind of there's there's got to be signs of PTSD in there and, and considering one friend has been killed and stuffed and the, and the other one has been lobotomized. Um and just the, just the whole kind of reversal
0: that's Um, unsettling the lobotomy
3: yeah
1: that really freaks me out I mean the the kind of the the fate of his other of his other crewman that is is terrifying Um, but yeah I think that bit just really you know wince just thinking about it It is very unsettling indeed
3: I I don't think there's ever been a time when I've watched this film and it's not been relevant in some way to what has been going on in the world?
1: No, it's a film that keeps on giving, really, and isn't if, it? I think,
3: especially today, with with the the fight between Richard and the, the fact that Zeus is both the, the minister of science and the kind of defender of the faith, and that it's kind of that contradiction is obviously with a certain person in the in the the over office. Um, it's, it's up Could you be more specific, Charlie?
1: <laughs> well,
3: well there are many Oval Offices,
2: so... <laughs> yeah, there
1: are many. <laughs> Quite a few but, uh, at the moment. The, the but way... no, yeah, I would agree. It's you know, extremely prescient, many years yeah.
3: on. The way religion has kind of come back in a big way with Trump and the way it's kind of fighting against science as well and basically the way <laughs> that religion is changing science or changing what they say science is I think... and the results that's okay sorry, sorry 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 no so I mean when you look at the, the, the coronavirus and it's, it's come out and they're just lying out of their through their teeth but behind them is a constant thing about faith and about Christianity and about religion so it's it's got it there as well I, I think with um, why well, it always
2: proves relevant is i think these themes all are always there whatever in in society in some form because i think it's just part of the the human condition uh you know science and religion are all kind of almost like interlinked you know what you know they're the, the pretty much like the same thing i think you know i think for what religion is for a lot of people is how um, how you make sense of the world and so so is science so i think the two are very very almost at odds but also like interlinked with one another um and i think that's always going to happen in society so i think in in, in a way a film like like this it's always going to be relevant uh, in 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 some sort of capacity because it it touches on those those issues because they're all those issues are always
3: going to be with us um what you said before about the twists, i mean it's it's kind of nowadays I mean I guess the sixth sense has always been the marker for me when it whole started and it came to this thing where it began to be something people used to look out started to look out for yeah and thing and and then they started marketing on twists mm. and it's it's kind of almost like a sport where people who did you guess the twist that kind of thing so yeah.
2: it's this the initial like the the film that did the, 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 the... The thing with the twist—that was this. What we all Well, got, not so... really, but
0: no. I don't think we were looking for a twist, were we? If we were watching this in 1968.
3: No, but it had it because it came and because it was, was originally written by the guy who created the Twilight set That kind of show was kind of predicated on not so not so presenting a twist, but presenting these kind of interesting science fiction ideas. Where it was so much more about different perceptions and different angles, um, than just the kind of more kind of Flash Gordon type stuff that was more in the kind of the forties and the fifties. So, so like for instance, the um, Time Again at Last, the uh, Twilight Zone episode with with Burgess Meredith where he's the guy that never has got a nagging wife and he never gets a chance to read, never gets a chance to do what he wants, and then there's a giant nuclear war and everyone dies except for him. So he goes into the library and he's got everything to read and all the time in the world and his glasses break. see. <laughs> oh,
2: so yeah, like, there's, um... See, even that itself has always been, like, uh, in-, in a way... It's always been of stories like I always think of like probably someone in The Simpsons or something like that where like where people's glasses break and things like that at like that pivotal moment. Um, but yeah, it's always that sweet irony, isn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And um, going back to the the guy because Rod Serling wrote it, and then his script was rewritten by a guy by, by Michael Wilson, not obviously not the Bond Michael Wilson, because he's a much more terrible writer <laughs> um but uh this michael was better <laughs> yeah you didn't he didn't consider him slimed he was blacklisted um he, he originally he wrote he did some uh writing on uh it's a wonderful life wasn't credited and uh won the academy award in 1951 for a place in the sun and then because of the the whole blacklisting thing, he was blacklisted, and he went to move. He moved, went moved to France to work in Europe.
0: Was that the McCarthy witch hunts, Charlie? Uh, yes, it was. Um,
3: the House of Un-American Activities Committee. Uh,
0: that's, that's infected their national psyche ever since. Yes, because the, the the inbuilt fear of anything that can be perceived as communist and socialist, which they don't know the difference between anyway, has just. Pushed them quite violently in the other direction. Um, again, we're not going to make a, a huge amount of politics in this show because it's not what we do, but obviously yeah. the, obviously, there has to be a little bit of scene setting with this and it, it doesn't shock me to hear that somebody blacklisted in McCarthy Witch Hunt has written something like this. Yeah, because he, he
3: also wrote Bridge on the River Kwai <clears throat> un- uncredited right. and Lawrence of Arabia co-wrote right. Lawrence of Arabia.
0: I didn't know that. Lawrence of Arabia is still probably the most gorgeous looking film i've ever seen in my life
3: yeah and it wasn't it's in 1995 the academy award finally gave him a nomination for the screenplay
0: yeah, it's funny the one thing i will just say just in passing is a lot of the people involved with this film died quite young mm. awful lot of them seemed to like die in their 60s or something like that not criminally young but like 20 30 years too early yeah um and smoking I think that could be it, basically, yeah. Uh, What did he die? He died of a heart attack. But, yeah, I mean, that can still be related to the same thing. Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia, originally uncredited. So what that's telling me is people wanted his skills, but not his name at this point. Yeah. Right the way through. In fact, he's uncredited. His filmography splits roughly into two halves, right the way through to salt of the earth in nineteen fifty four his names on it with the exception of it's a wonderful life, but there could be any number of reasons for that and then the second half of his career, apart from the last two or three things, right the way through to Lawrence of Arabia says originally uncredited, and in one case he's accredited as james o'donnell
3: yeah i'm not I'm not sure how it works exactly, whether it was kind of where they weren't able to be credited legally,
0: yeah because if he's
3: if he's blacklisted by the government then
0: it's qualified named not yeah okay so rules of the blacklist yeah there's there's one quest there's one film where he's not no one's credited like technically no one wrote it um bridge on the river choir the official credit went to pierre bouillet yeah the writer of the novel yeah which is just nuts, because you can't just film a novel literally. And his last his last film was uh, Che, but not obviously the modern version of Che,
4: yeah,
0: Che Che Guevara. So you can see sort of you can see his political influences through through the work. You totally can. Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right. Shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Yes. Um, now, the the first question I had when I watched this. What's their mission? Do you know, Charlie?
2: Um, Space. The final frontier.
1: Oh. The final frontier.
0: I'm, I'm Guessing... I don't remember them taking that's... the note this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> The mission was not to leave the one female astronaut behind. Well, but... that's the one
0: oh, thing. Cause I thought, you're not starting a new society, are you? Because a gangbang's not the way to do No. That. Well,
1: not, not not by the way she ends up, anyway. They, they kind of mention
0: that, though, don't they? They kind of...
1: She didn't make
0: it, sadly. No, but if she had made it, surely that's the wrong ratio of men and women.
1: Yeah, I think it was
3: was just an exploration thing.
0: Okay. So, the first bit we get is him narrating before he's about to go into deep sleep. They've been six months in space at this point, Mm. uh, but nearly 700... Is it nearly 700 or just over 700 years have passed? I think, yeah, but. It's just over because you've got the Earth chronometer says 1972 and their chronometer says 2673. Yeah. And then he goes, you know, I'm going, you know, I'm going beddy buys now. And then. I'm just
2: going to have the cigarette and. <laughs> I'm
1: just going to have to smoke the
0: cigarette
1: first. i outside us. for a fake.
0: Yeah. I'll just put out my cigarette <laughs> um, I can't, I can't think the of Charlton Heston
2: without the uh, the, the Ralph Garman like <laughs> kind of uh, yes. I,
0: mean, I gave her a pearl necklace uh. <laughs> um,
2: it's,
0: it's that or the Wayne's
2: World cameo there. where he's like where he just turns up as the good actor hmm <laughs> Right. A, yeah, yeah, he just shows up like as a, as a like. Oh, can we get a bear actor? And he just pull out Sean
3: Heston. Gordon Street. Yeah. Oh yes. I once knew a girl on Gordon Street.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just a little bit of prologue before the music and the you know credits and all the rest of it. And when we come out from that, they are eighteen months into their journey, waking up, and now it's two thousand years after their departure so we're now on earth in I I am looking this up because I couldn't remember 3978 2000 years on Um, Mm. not quite how evolution works but there you go Um, and there's been a malfunction so there's three men and a woman and the woman's dead and she's decayed as well
2: yeah so there's a, there's Uh, a crack on the screen isn't there
0: yes um, and they've aged slightly in that, like one of them's got a bit of grey at his temples and that. Um, and so they made... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've all. Gr- they didn't grow any beard in the first six months, but shitloads in the last twelve. So that's how that works. Um, they crash in water, um, and when they sort of get out and start looking around, they're... I don't know where this was filmed. It looks a bit sort of Death Valley, that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, must must have been absolutely...
2: Um,
1: Maybe Arizona? I don't know. Was...
0: Uh, let's have a look. Let's see if I'm going to see... Yeah, where. it's
1: definitely um, sort of California, Arizona... Colorado. Uh, northern, it's northern Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, along Colorado uh, does but, it, definitely.
0: So. Most of the early scenes, I am reading this, most of the early scenes of a desert-like terrain were shot in northern Arizona near the Grand Canyon, the mm-hmm. Colorado River, Lake Powell, Glen Canyon, and other locations near Page, Arizona.
1: I can definitely recommend visiting the Lake Powell area. Very pretty. Lots and of... My- you kind of get a with like the big country, as it were, um, and just the, the epic landscape.
0: Watch out for the apes,
3: watch
1: Yeah, watch it. out for the apes. Watch out for the marauding apes,
0: and, generally. <laughs> and some very bizarre scarecrows. Um, I, I yeah, think they're, they're I
1: scary. Mean, I... I think those and, and the scarecrows from Live and not Die are, not to draw a comparison between the two, obviously, um, but terrifying in, in the way that movie scarecrows generally go.
2: See, I I remember the scarecrows. I remember like what region like. Oh, this is like going back in the nineties, but like total film. And I remember like sort of like seeing like a picture, and it had like you know, at least at least people in apes costumes, sort of doing like that sort of scarecrow stance. So, so this is before I saw the film, anyway. So, but I always thought that like, you know that, that was at one point there was like a load of um, apes doing that. Uh, which was kind of confused when it came to the film because it's like, oh, right, oh, the the scarecrows there. So at first I thought maybe like the like sort of sort of you know punishment or crucifixion or something like that, but you know, they're just scarecrows. I don't know if that if that came up at all. No, nope, just me. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it's not ringing yeah. any bells to me at all. No, it could be the
3: Mandela effect. Could be,
2: could be. It was a long time ago. Or it could, it um, could just be like a publicity still that just never was in the film at all. I don't know
3: could be yeah um, i want to go back to to when the ship crashes um there's talking about the cinematography earlier um there was an amazing sh- the, the shot for me there's because it's the point of view stuff and then the ship crashes and then you see the, the ship kind of pointing out of the uh, of the ocean and it, it's a really skew angle and the way the camera just kind of whips around and then kind of pulls away and then finally goes on to a, a horizontal kind of um status and it's just I that shot was always being just I've always just thought that was just an amazing shot
0: it, it's off to a like a really positive start I mean just just even that idea of time dilation we get it now yeah that, that you know depending on your speed location and everything else time can move differently in in different you know where where you are and th- this would have been not the easiest concept in 1968 um and it, it gets it across simply and effectively uh, and they've landed somewhere that's familiar but not familiar obviously familiar because it's shot on earth and an earth north americans would recognize but um, they don't know where they are they don't know why they're there we don't know why they're there and that's kind of interesting in its own way because it's like is there some reveal here they're going to go wandering around taylor is kind of enigmatic with his crew in that he's kind of almost talking in riddles to them he's he's not really being overly clear about anything and they're wandering around and then all of a sudden they decide to skinny dip um (laughs) uh, with well-placed foliage (laughs) and Let's get our bottoms out. Uh, I checked in on Becca the other day. They said, I'm, I'm watching the film now. I've just got to the bit where Charlton neston has got his butt out, she said. <laughs> so I
1: was like, yeah, and then she just started the film. Uh, um, yeah. And I was like, well, I've seen his butt now. So, you know, I've got that. And um, obviously from my cool dead hands uh, as uh, president of the NRE, what's, so...
2: <laughs> um? Was there ever a time where, like, you know, anyone actually fought to chart Heston getting his kit off? Like you know, it, it doesn't strike me as like a pen up type. Do you know, I, don't, I don't mean it's that in a necessarily mean way. way. doing it
1: in way. You.
2: but do you know what I mean? It doesn't scream heartthrob to me.
0: It's also the fact that the crew set off and there's like three men and a woman who I think is fairly attractive. I think we see her before she decays, yeah. and and we're like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna be a bit grown up. Wonder what hijinks they'll all get up to. And they immediately decay the woman and the blokes get their asses
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. All right, also, also a bit further on, there's a scene where like, all three of them Are naked after skinny dipping And it's, it's shot in a very strange angle It's like, oh, okay Yeah.
0: They, very they bizarre. try to get as much of, of their nether regions in Without the cock as possible <laughs> This when you look is, at the film, it, it, it is like watching Austin Powers, only the dick's covered quite often. Yeah, it was, it was a bit strange. Like, but as, as, like as, a it, was he Twitter? that kind of
1: like masculine icon though? Was he kind of known? Was kind of known, well, yeah, more known for his acting chops rather than his physique?
3: He, when he was in like when he was in like Ben Hur, mm. and then he was in the El Cid and things like that, and he was also in a film called Secret of the Incas, which is kind of oh, I've seen that a big influence, it's not a very good film, because I saw it recently, but it was a really big influence on *Rages of the Lost Ark, right. down to the fact that basically Indiana Jones wears literally the same costume as John Heston did. Ooh. And he was he was a very similar kind of character as well, so I think he was to a lot of people. Yeah, He no, so. does spend
1: a lot of the time half-naked in this film, not that I'm commenting on on my bodies or anything like that, yeah, but just are. just compared, you know, compared and contrast to the other apes and other species in the film. Um, just just as a point of contrast, really, um, about who is actually the more cultured and, and sophisticated. So, yeah,
2: it yeah, it, okay. it does strike me how like you know apparently, you, um, you know there, there's something going on with the female pasture with between between John Heston, the character, and you know because they reference to it and then she dies immediately and it's like uh the math don't care. <laughs> you know, it's like he's not very off, cool, but with um, well, I forget
0: what the character. Yeah, they, do, they do. characterise him quite cold and um... cynical. Yeah,
2: it's been it's, well, it's been a hundred years. I was like, I was thinking, but well, what's the point of saying you that? Ever up?
0: knows that dead. dead. Like... Well,
3: the, the, he, this one he, he starts off with the uh, with the narration when he's recording his log, and he says, "Does man still make war against his fellow brother?" so they immediately yeah kind of position him as a very cynical mm. yeah kind of almost nihilist
0: it kind it of. kind of works the only thing i will say if this film's got a flaw this first first act is just ever so slightly too long because i'm glancing and, look, and, and we're like half an hour in and they're still kind of wandering around um the the meat of this film is all crammed into about 70 minutes really um it's not a major flaw but um it, it could it could pick up the pace ever so slightly but there's value to them not knowing where they are and being a bit confused in and of itself. Um, what, I, what I do like, and I am making fun of it here a little bit, is they, they happen across like a plant, and it's like vegetation life. And as they walk around a bit more, just before they get naked in skinny dip, they see like a couple more plants, but they're clearly just like shoved in there that morning. There's no way that plant grew there.
2: Yeah, I like the fact that, oh, look, there's a plant. Let's dig it up. Oh. Yeah, Let's just take.
0: Could could be like the only one there
3: for like miles and <laughs> I guess as well. This it's 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 a lot more subtle and obviously it, it, if you've seen the next film, it comes up a lot more. But when you think again about the time, the, the era when this was filmed, when it, I mean you had World War Two ending with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and then you had like the Suez Missile Crisis and stuff like that, and all the the kind of tension over Cuba and who had nuclear weapons and stuff like that. So when you think about the, the plant growth and, and whether that's been irradiated. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah,
0: yeah so uh, yeah, it is, is where we are safe as well. So yeah, there, there there is that, I guess. And we don't know where we are. Is there any sign that this will grow enough to feed us and that sort of thing? So i can sort of see several things around that but the key point of the first sort of half an hour apart from where they are noting they've aged a bit noting taylor's slight coldness about all of it and cynicism coldness is the wrong word but cynicism um they go for this this skinny dip and it's basically to bathe effectively and their clothes are stolen um And we definitely see the hands of the the people stealing, and they're not apes at this point. So we we assume humanoids of some description have have stolen their clothes. We see um, sort of like scarecrows. Um, And then what? Um, They sort of chase after their clothes effectively, don't they? They go back to try and grab it all back. And they end up kind of in a field with a bunch of like humans who don't talk. And it's not clear at this stage whether they can or they're just not accustomed to. Um, I'm not sure the series ever fully explains that. But um, suddenly, when they think these these apes might these apes these humans might be the enemy or a problem suddenly there's a bigger enemy you get quite a disturbing noise from like the trees nearby Mm. and it i I remember that noise it was quite disturbing on the big screen that must have been quite good certainly if the score was ever like remixed into several channels um and basically they're attacked by gorillas on horseback um, raiding this cornfield, and it, it will find out that we've basically got effectively chimps, effectively gorillas, and effectively um, orangutans, and they they've all got different sort of roles within the society. The gorillas tend to be very sort of they're, they're military, aren't they? They're like they're military, and that's the same in the remake because Michael Clark Duncan plays one, um. The um, chimps tend to be sort of science and the orangutans tend to be sort of government and ministry. Is that yeah. fair? I think like, that's, that's also yes. a carry, like,
1: that's carried through like, the whole series, isn't it, as well, that structure. Like Even in the figures. remake and, and the
0: reboot series.
2: Sorry, Chris? I just said like authority figures, really.
0: Yeah, and... The two, the two uh, Taylor's two companions do have names, but it's not that important really. Uh, one and of them is Dodge. Dodge and Landon. One is killed, and the other one's like knocked unconscious. And we will see both of them later on in one way or another. And Taylor's sort of taken into town really, and it gets a blood transfusion from what we'll learn is Zira and. Actually, it's not Cornelius at this stage, is it? It's no. her surgeon, Spoiler. Uh, but zero yeah, <laughs> um, and he, he's been shot in the throat, so we can't speak. So mm. they don't know he's advanced. Um, and he's basically caged, and it does look a little bit—it's—it's it's evocative of the cage, the sort of zoo. Um, yeah, Caesar's put in in Rise. Yeah, did that? Did anyone else get that vibe? In like a cage with a bit of straw yeah, sprayed is. with Yeah, There's a call callback
1: to that. We'll callback, call forward oh, yeah. <laughs> to that. Definitely. I think it felt
2: very deliberate, like uh, role reversal. Like, you yes. know, it's, it's it's. I think the the thing because this is very much like a Twilight Zone esque story. Um, it, uh, it it felt very much like a, you know like a landing landing on a on a on a planet and then and then finding out everything's just reversed back. You know, so you so you're like the the caged animal. And you know, and mm. it's like we'll see how you like they're that 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 kind of perspective. So I think yeah. that's that's kind of what they were going for. Um, but you, but this, um, but the calls in Bright Eyes, which was like a reference to that's reference that's made in the remake because the um, Caesar's called Bright Eyes, isn't he? Or they make reference to that, don't they? I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
1: he is.
0: Yes, because the. The virus he's given, or he's born having ingested, effectively mm. um, has coloured his eyes. You'll see it. Um, the eyes are the eyes are a different yeah. colours in the in the enhanced apes.
2: Yeah, which is a reference that I obviously didn't appreciate initially because, I but I was like watching this now I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I, can, I can Yeah, get that's it. how that comes
0: yeah. from. Yeah. And the bright eyes is obviously the baby blues, but also mm. the spark of intelligence in his eyes that yeah. they can recognise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, what order is so they take out the bullet, they give him you know, um, they they try and make him mate with
2: one of the the other females
0: yeah, I don't know what to make of this, they put him in with someone he ends up calling Nova Linda Harrison Linda Harrison is the actress, she was only about again, big age gap, she's only about 22 when she's making this film I I think
2: she was like a I think she was the girlfriend or wife of One of a producer or something
0: like that. Wife of producer Richard D. Zanuck, known as amongst everything, amongst a lot of other things. Uh, He is—he's passed away now. Um, I don't know if she still works now. I'm just looking to see. She was still doing bits and pieces till the middle of the last decade. Um, Nothing that big, although she's in obviously next week's, and she's in both Cocoon films um and she has got a small cameo in planet the planet of the apes remake so i i don't know what to make of this because i don't know how smart these humans are they can't Mm. they can't speak or they're not accustomed to speaking but we don't go into it any further than that it's just kind of like
1: it's it's a bit unexplained really isn't it it's kind of like are they as these sort of like cave men and women cave people um Mm. or sort of like neanderthals as 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 we would sort of recognize i guess but yeah it's, it's never really explained how how these kind of these human type individuals are <laughs> unevolved i guess or not as evolved as as we would we would seem it to be
2: i imagine they're just sort of like sort of just kind of like a very sort of primitive version of us which kind of like going off basic instincts but don't really speak uh, i think that's the only way you can sort of look at it cuz obviously, you know like they've de de evolved to a degree um as uh, as the apes have taken over they've kind of like They've kind of gone down the steps, so they've kind of like started to you. Uh, that's how I read it. They kind of, sort of, kind of just sort of. I
0: think so, but what, what I mean is it doesn't go in this direction, but were he to mate with Nova here, would that be immoral? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, uh, it, it,
2: it seems a bit weird how he would be so eager to kind of like, well, come on, then we'll, I'll, I'll mate. <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm happy to take you with me and we'll, we'll mate. Or whatever. We get this
0: with Estrella Warren in the remake as well. Um that's a woman who didn't have the career we thought she was going to have, but... Um, the basic gist of what's coming along now is Dr. Zayas, who's the head of the Ministry Dr. of Zayas, Science Dr. or whatever Zayas. it is, Dr. he Dr. comes in and he can't It's going to happen. He comes in and Zira's like, look, at, there's something about this one, and he's not convinced, but she's uh, that he's got, he's got intelligence. Um and I think, how far do we go on yeah, we see him like writing in the sand in his outdoor cage, they're used for Mm. experiments, they're used for slavery, they're used for a lot of things really, the humans but they're just the playthings of the apes really but Zira as a scientist and a doctor kind of um, uh, is doing sort of behavioural studies on them yeah he steals her notepad ah yeah, that's quite key because he can't talk but he can't talk and then the guy, and then he gets beaten up by the... Uh... Yeah, that's the one thing. In reality, if, like, an ape beat you, they'd fucking kill you.
2: Yeah. But then this is, like, uh, this version so apes, obviously I think you could argue that, that the, these apes have evolved like us and are probably...
0: Um... Yeah, that's what I always thought. They're yeah. hairy humans now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of, like, been a... Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, so he starts communicating to Zira uh, Puts on the notebook, his name And all that sort of thing And um, Zira and Cornelius That's the first appearance in this Of Roddy McDowell Who play a different character going forward Well, he's Cornelius, I think, for a few weeks But he becomes Caesar later on Otherwise known as Rocky Jr (coughs) Um, uh, So... Um, Zira's not complete uh, Cornelius isn't completely convinced um, but he describes where the went and what what's happened to like all of that um, and it turns out he was in something called The Forbidden Zone which isn't that well explained at the moment but this is key to all of the themes of the film isn't it keeping, keeping society unaware of yeah reality in order to serve the mythology they're based on yeah
2: it's like you know to to know this would deconstruct everything else so let's prefer let's preserve uh what we know now to you know to to keep things as they are
0: yeah so uh cornelius believes apes have evolved from basically lower forms of life including humans and again none of that's ever completely explained but doesn't wildly matter um cordelius claims to have been into the forbidden zone at one point and there's evidence of a civilization an older civilization Um, and again this is all signposting where the film goes if you know what you're looking for but if you're watching this first time you may not think anything of this Um, and the next thing Taylor is being is ordered to be castrated yeah which seems a bit harsh. <laughs> if you're going to be locked away, at least give him something to play with.
2: Yeah, but don't, don't want him multiplying and spreading his intelligence.
0: Right. So he escapes, doesn't he?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, um. And this is where he kind of, like, he comes across one of his oh, fellow astronauts
0: stuffed Yes. A basically a museum. As a kind of a sort of primitive society display. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Again, like like one of our museums.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. We we've we've been into like natural history museums and seen stuffed animals. That they, they would not view that any different. Yeah. Um, and when he's captured, he finally recovers his voice, which isn't even faint. It works perfectly. <laughs> Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty apes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Which will be a back to uh, when we do the remake the reboot series because uh, <laughs> it, it, it kind of works exactly the same way but an opposite doesn't it
0: it does It does. I remember uh, seeing an interview with Tim Roth where he talked about how tough he found making the scenes with uh, Charlton Heston because of who Charlton Heston was by that mm-hmm. point turning up where there have been gun atrocities and all that kind of thing yeah. um, and he just said it was just a question of do the lines get it over with
3: I
2: oh, know something um, about the uh, rise, rise about the
3: H. Yeah, Apes. doesn't doesn't the Harry Potter kid doesn't he see
2: it? Yeah, he's a Yeah, oh,
0: he does. Sorry, no, I was thinking and, of. And it. it
2: was like the no, <gasps> which kind of makes him go oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. There's lots to be said about which, those
3: which yeah, which itself is a callback to the fourth film.
0: The fourth film,
3: Conquest of the Planet yeah, of
0: the Apes. I've only seen it once, so as much as I remember really liking it, I, I don't get the reference at this point. But the obviously, novel. Novel, so we'll... Yeah.
4: Um,
0: okay. Uh, what what else then? We are whipping through it at this point. Don't we, yeah. Don't we? Quite kind of quite quickly so to a... like effectively a court case.
3: Yeah, and then and then he finds out
0: that. Is it, is it
3: during his trial that they... Because he, he, he's put on trial. Yeah. He
0: is. But there's there, something, there's for, something a bit Roman amphitheatre about some of the outside. Yeah. As well.
3: And it's during the trial as well that they take him, they go and see the other guy, Landon. Yeah. yeah he, and he, he, he says, like, oh, he'll tell. Me. Landon,
0: I, I think it is to prove, like, Landon's not smart, what you talking about. And it's because yeah. when he turns around, he's been, he's been um, lobotomized.
3: That's horrible. It's a
0: grim visual. Yeah, it's it's, it's a
3: great, it's a great reveal.
1: It wins every single time. You think, oh,
3: the way it's done with with one half of his face, and you see his hair in a normal, and then he turns around, and it's like all the hair's been shaved away. Oh,
0: that's. He turns around, and he's Lacuitas of Borg. A little (laughs) bit. (laughs)
4: <laughs> like that, it, is.
0: it is grim it is grim and it's to to embarrass taylor really to basically say well you you say you've got like smart mates well there's one of them um and as he's as, not
3: this is where as well we learned cornelius has theories as well based yeah. on because he's an archaeologist yes so based on previous takes, he's been on which it turns out was in the forbidden zone
0: he can't uh taylor can't enter any evidence into this trial at all because he's a human um he claims there were other talking humans when they arrived that's actually the the the, you know leading into the bit we've just talked about um what uh, what was that what where do we go from there uh, Taylor loses his shit and calls Zayas a liar. I'm reading this at mm. the moment because I'm struggling for where we go next.
3: Yeah, and then Zayas calls him into his private because the trial kind of adjourns. Yeah. And then Zayas calls him into his private thing and says he's going to dissect it and he's yeah. going to perform surgery on the speech of his brain.
0: Right. Unless.
2: Yeah. But yeah, because he actually he he, he knows he, he knows what he's yeah. saying is true, but he because he, 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 he like, heard he's... Lamson too. But he, but he, he. Well, what he says is, I think there's more of you, and I, I I think you're a threat. So, yeah. So tell me, tell me where you are. I think think he tries to strike a deal with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he believes that you know there's something. There is a sort of tribe beyond the forbidden Mm. zone. A um. He Taylor's still saying he comes from a distant planet which <laughs> they both think they're right. Yeah. So um when you realize at the end of it he's not lying earlier in the film he claims they're like 320 light years from home or something which he can, he's, he's wrong on obviously. So um Taylor does escape doesn't he?
3: Yeah they go to they go to get him for castration. Yeah. Cuz cuz again the guard is really kind of nasty about it. Yeah.
0: So, he, yeah, he escapes with uh, Nova. And yeah, he gets they broken up. out
2: by um, the... Uh, Lucius. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he's blatantly playing like a, a high school teenager. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, he's, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I'm he's got like him, though. He's got that, oh, my dad. He's
3: got that yeah, kind of... He is, he is a kid, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. And, uh...
0: But basically uh, Cornelia, uh, Cornelius and Zira are basically going to take them to this forbidden zone to mm. see if they can find this evidence of the primitive society that Cornelius believes he's seen and it will prove them all sort of innocent. So yeah. it's basically a bit of a desert trek at this point and it's a cave. They get to a cave by the beach, which again, in, in, mm. in the... Geography of the United States wouldn't necessarily quite work, but it doesn't matter. Um, and they basically they get caught just before they're about to go in, don't they? Yeah,
2: there's a yeah, there, there's there's a bit of a fight, and he takes Doctor Zeus, Doctor Seuss, Doctor Yeah, it takes he takes him off. Oh, sorry, I'm going to keep doing that. Um, he, he takes that more of you than me. <laughs> It, yeah, he takes them hostage and, and tells everyone to back off, which they all do. Mm. And then they, they go in the cave and uh and then they have a nice chat.
0: Um and they're allowed to go in eventually. And when they go in it's like a real dark dingy cave, but mm. it's got like human artifacts in there. Like a toy, doll, human doll. Which isn't evidence until they activate it and it kind of cries or speaks or something yeah. like
3: that. Yeah, it says mama, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, so it's like okay. So yeah, it's when when it when it speaks, it's like, well, why would apes make a human doll do that? Um, and then there's like more of a fight outside, and Zayus is is trapped. Orders the soldiers to like back off, and Taylor basically says, "I want like food." Ammunition, and I'll let Zaius go. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's
3: when Zaius admits he knew he, he knew it all before.
0: Yeah, so he yeah he, he admits he knew, and he he kept he, he kept it sort of out of the public, sort of, um, uh, the public domain. Mm. Um, and they read sort of a scroll, and. The writings of the scrolls. It says here in the sort of synopsis, it gives a dire warning about man and the danger he presents. Now, I'm not quite sure when that's from, in in their sort of history and ours.
2: Yeah, it kind of feels yeah. like it's in it's in the apes' history, isn't it? That they wrote initially. It's not
0: our. Yeah, it's post our history from today's perspective. Yes,
3: mm-hmm. the 29th scroll or something from there.
0: Right. He and it, it it's he, he sort of says, I don't hate humans, I fear them. It's, it's for what they were, and it, and he then we get the sort of era this film is made in because it's the reference to war, it's the reference to the fact that humans were destructive, and of course yeah. we're, we're living in an era of the height of the Cold War at this point. So the yeah. fear of like nuclear arms, like well. sorry,
3: Vietnam as well.
0: Vietnam as well.
3: Vietnam, I've not been long. Because one thing, one thing that I noticed today that I'd never noticed before is in the initial scene where the apes are introduced. There is a scene where one of the gorillas takes a photo of several of the gorillas standing on the corpses of the humans. Right, kind of like, kind of like a hunter kind of thing. That is direct. That is direct. Pretty
0: sure that's a direct um, reference to Vietnam. Right. No, I get it. You, you, Chris, you were thinking of trophy hunting. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: that that sort of thing as well. It could be trophy hunting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this film
3: was
1: noted for its animal rights raising of animal rights issues as well. So, so... I'd, be, I'd probably say i probably draw the, 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 the just in the time it was made. I'd probably draw the Vietnam War um, correlation.
0: But it becomes clear we're in a post-apocalyptic society now. <laughs> So whatever happened with man, it did end in Armageddon.
1: In the bloodshed. Oh dear.
0: Yeah. Um, Which is where everyone in the '60s would have convinced would have been convinced where we were heading. Um, And so Taylor wants to go deeper in to try and understand everything that had happened, why his culture no longer exists, or he doesn't think it's his culture at the moment, Mm. does he? Why the human culture uh, on that planet, quote unquote, doesn't exist anymore. So he says goodbye to Cornelius and Zira uh, as a bit of a cheeky snog with Zira, who (laughs) makes a joke about how how ugly I kiss you, but you're so ugly.
1: I think we'll have to compare, like, human, simian kisses between this one and the whole Mark Wahlberg and HBC later on in the series. I think we'll have to sort of compare and contrast who did it best.
0: They make Bonham Carter's eyes up as prettily as humanly possible in that film. Yeah, Even he, makeup. I think she's so glamorous and she's
1: still looks most, of, you know... I don't think
0: She's that attractive in life, but I think in that film she's like they've made her the best looking ape you could ever imagine.
1: They could, you know, cover her in, in all this kind of makeup <laughs> to make it her a look ch- a really bit sort of but actually, that she's so glamorous. <laughs> I'll be
0: honest. Ah, wasn't Tim
3: Burton married her at the time? Oh, there yeah. we are.
1: See, oh, that's what it was.
0: Um, yeah, so uh, so you think at times
3: he's gone
2: like, Go on, love, put the monkey costume on." <laughs>
0: <laughs> they
3: they blow up the cave.
0: They blow yeah. up the cave. So basically, that ape society is going to stay completely clueless. Yeah. And um, Taylor heads off with Nova into sort of along the beach, sort of into the distance to sort of see what he can learn. He's warned he may not like what he sees. Um, and then the Which most famous. It makes me think
2: he, kn- he knew. You like it makes me think that he ca- he does kind of know that he's actually from this this planet. I mean, it it, it works both ways because it, it, it kind of like represents. Darius kind
0: of, does believe he's from the Forbidden Zone. He doesn't yeah. believe Taylor when Taylor says I'm from another planet. Yeah, yeah. Taylor believes Taylor. <sighs> um, but basically, they've gone out, time warped around for a few hundred years, and then just come landed back in the same place um and yeah basically we start to see sort of sort of spikes sticking up and it turns out to be the sort of crown on the statue of liberty mm. and then taylor grief-stricken falls to the ground and wildly overacts credits <laughs> <laughs> you blew it up damn you what hell? To hell sorry go the waste remote
1: delivery there so... dave
0: <laughs> a lot of the sort of um Films of this era did have these kind of abrupt endings. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a shock ending, and then we go credits done, and the, the, the
3: credits to black with
0: um, silence. silence and the the ocean over them. yeah It's very
1: shocking, isn't it? It's probably one of the most shocking endings of all, like of, you know, American cinema in this era. And it's good, very like it. very on the nose, like oh, and that there's no explanation. There's no you know, oh, so this is what happened. This is how apes evolved. This is how we devolved. Um, it just literally ends like oh, it's Earth all along. Cuts credits, and it's like oh shock
0: Yeah, but can you imagine it, if, you, if you'd if you gone to, like, this, then, like, dinner? You'd have had a lot to talk about. You yeah. would have,
1: definitely. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one of those sort of cinematic moments where, it, like, go see, like, I don't know, the first James Bond movie or, like, the Charles Scenic Psycho, for example. It's one of those iconic movie moments where if you're not of that era or if you, didn't, if you weren't around at the time to see it, it's one of those sort of scenes where, like, it, I would have loved to have, have been around at the time to be able to see that film. For the first time at the big city, just because it was such a shocking ending, and it's probably one of the most iconic like sci-fi movie endings, I think.
3: That's what pissed me off when they put it on the DVD cover.
0: Yeah, they did. This uh, is it. Uh, exactly. The newest it's box like, set. I've got a box set, and it's right them. on the front.
1: It's just like, oh, spoiler
0: alert. I, I had that sort of orangey box set with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, later, I had the DVDs. Now I've just got rips, but um, I, I, um, I, I knew the twist, and it's like I'm not sure if I did when because I, I remember when the remake came out. The woman I was living with at the time, her father came to visit around the time it visited it. And she, they both said to me, have you seen Planet of the Apes? And I had to say, honestly, I don't know. Because it's so in popular culture, but I don't specifically remember reviewing. Yeah. So if you ask me to bet on it, I've not seen it. But I, I'm not sure if I knew the twist, even mm. though it's that famous, which tells me I hadn't seen it. And then, of course, I go to get the box set and it's got that on it, which is exactly what's on our cover photo at the moment. Um, and it was like, OK, well, I guess that's what it is at the end of the film. But then then the film becomes a pleasure of a different type. Yes. You start trying to watch it to think, how does this all hang together? And it hangs together just fine. Um yeah. Final thoughts from me, I have got a lot to add there's better to come for me but there's nothing more iconic to come uh, don't like this leading man very much but it's a really well put together, well thought through story that had they continued with the high budget option if you like and sort of crafted all the sequels in this environment with Charlton Heston maybe we would have explored it more and learnt a little bit more about how it came to be obviously we get a sort of batshit coder to to this next week and then it changes direction that's not necessarily a bad thing um, but it does mean that there are still elements of this film that remain unexplained but unlike the Tim Burton remake we're not left thinking well that's a load of shit isn't it? It's just things that it's just things we don't quite know how, I mean evolution does not happen that quickly in 2000 years time there won't be you know (laughs) anything approaching this if we're still here in two thousand years time, um, I may not be. But um,
2: <laughs> what you may uh, not be I, in two thousand years time.
0: Yeah, I may not be unless I get some serious roughage into my diet. <laughs> um, but I had, a, I had a pretty good time with it. I'm, I'm a little bit fearful for next week because I just remember fi- the second one being poor but i might be wrong we'll see but we're off to a good start we're off to a good start with a what's a really varied series we're going to go from this and an iconic film to something set a bit more analogous to present day then we're going to go to like the most up to date makeup effects you can ever imagine then we're going to go to like cg in the present day and we're going to get a total mix of tones and ideas so i'm looking forward to this we're off to a good start though
2: yeah um similar for me it's very much like a a twilight zone kind of episode but a feature length um it's it's iconic uh again i'm not too sure on 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 the lead actor but part of me thinks that might be intentional just because he he kind of feels out of place but then his character is out of place so that might have mm. been the thinking behind it i don't know but um but yeah no, it, it, it's 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 iconic um it it flies by um and yeah I had a good time of it it's not been much more i can really add other than like other than that really um but yeah other than other than the uh, i thought the makeup uh, given given this decade was actually really really well done uh the performances through through the the, the eight masks were great i thought okay okay
1: Sorry, I was reading reviews of next week's film. Oh dear, I am not looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> I didn't like it. but I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, to
2: I'm, I'm looking forward to going into unknown
3: territory. Actually, with the with the it's 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 terrible for about seventy five percent of the time, mm. and then it suddenly gets amazing, and it ends really great as well.
1: I'll look out it's for the amazing
3: part kinda, it's just because like Dave said you, you you spend most of the time with James Franciscus, who is basically continuity Charlton Heston it's kind of like Charlton Heston disappears so they get a new Charlton Heston and it's exactly the same
0: It it is like when you get like a TV spin off of a show it's yeah like, Charlton Heston's like Irene Cara and <laughs> <laughs> what? A, a, a reference to 1980s fame there, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you you cast someone who looks a bit like a Monty TV for like a cheaper remake of the same story. That's what it,
4: it felt TV. like. Yeah,
0: and the and the but the story i will I've only seen it once, so everything I'm saying is the caveat that I can hardly remember it. But from memory, the decisions they make are at very least brave.
3: And um, yeah, it's mental. It's absolutely mental. Yeah,
0: so there's a fifty there's probably a seventy five percent chance you'll watch it and go, This is fucking batshit. <laughs> but there's a twenty five percent chance you'll watch it and go, This that's actually quite inspired. Well good good on them for trying. This was the, you know, American cinema around now is about to enter a sustained period of taking chances. And p- beneath the planet of the apes is right at the sort of start of all that. But sorry, no, Becca, your thoughts on the film overall?
1: Oh sorry. Um yeah, overall yeah, as I say not very much to add really apart from when I dig out my fun facts in a few minutes time. Um yeah, I kind of enjoyed my time with it. I was I was quite intrigued by how sparse the film is. Um in terms of it, it theme as well, I was kind of expecting of a, a sort of typically lush score. Um, I didn't get that at all. I like how um how as Charlie explained some of the some of the sounds were kind of made from like sort of cleaner steel bowls that, that he used from his kitchen. I think that's really interesting. So knowing that about the score, I think I can I can appreciate it a little bit more definitely. Um I thought kind of how like sparse and sort of primitive sounding and, and as you mentioned very very um, experimental as well. Um especially as we were kind of like during this era as well, we've got a very, um, going more towards kind of like 60s, early 70s, again, a lot of counterculture type movies, as you said. Um, so that kind of this, the score and like how, how kind of, I don't know, kind of, yeah, experimental sounding it is, um, sort of fits with that. So I think it's kind of going on on the other way, in the way, um, the other way. Um, I'll definitely agree with Charlton Heston kind of being a man out of time. Um, they're not kind of like, you know, obviously on his own planet. Um, he's very much to me, he kind of, i sort of mainly know him from from this film from like ben-hur um and also um uh, um being involved with the nra which i deeply resent um and so he's kind of to me he's kind of like typical hollywood masculinity sort of like leading man sort of role and for this sort of film i, I would say it, not miscast but i would agree that he does kind of seem in in the wrong film in the wrong genre almost um well, well, season... i wonder if it was shatner yeah that's true <laughs> Would it would it be improved with William Shatner in the role? I'm I just, I, put you.
2: I mean, it, it, oddly, I could, I could, I could really believe. I could actually sort of see Shatner doing this.
1: Definitely. Well, I've got some fun facts about who else would consider for various roles. So it's that kind Thank of era, you. that kind of genre of of male actor, definitely. Um, yeah, makeup and Effects, um outstanding. I kind of thought, oh, for filmers sort of late sixties, early seventies, I thought it'd look a little bit, a little bit <clears> roopy. <throat> but no, really, really impressed actually, and they still hold up. 50, 60-plus years down the line, definitely. I mean, there's a cu- couple of moments where um, just of maybe the can- camera angles really don't help. Um, and perhaps if you're watching like on Blu-ray or high-definition, for example, you might see some cracks. Um, but, but otherwise... It holds now up there really was well.
0: foliage in the way. I didn't see
1: their cracks. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I did. Um, so <laughs> John crack, oh my God. Um, yeah, I think this is probably one of two films of that era to kind of filter, to feature... Um, nudity. You you? Ooh. Um. Despite Ooh. the rating of this film, I think the other one was like the bi- one of the Bible movies. I think like in the beginning. I think it might have been. Um. It's a little fun fact about <laughs> nudity. The uh, and
2: then um, God said, "Let there be tits." <laughs> the boots. Um. That, no, that's,
0: that's a
1: Bible
0: that I can get on board with.
1: Let <laughs> there be buns. Um. No, obviously the, the film draws in. Chesty Morgan um, <laughs> That's yeah. That's a good <laughs> nickname. If we know they have. Um, yeah, the film obviously draws important um, uh, links between, obviously, like Vietnam um, and all rights. For example, I well talking about like vivisection and castration. Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not a man, but I was like, oh, cross my legs during that scene. um And yeah, also that's because I'm just very much a, a, a you know opposed to kind of any sort of like cruelty to animals or anything like that. So at the bottom you scene, like from that point of view as well, I did kind of well, obviously you don't see it, but you just kind of see him with this massive scar across his head, and you just think, oh, it just makes me wince every single time. Um, yeah, put on themes um of kind of obviously war and race relations as well um and it's interesting seeing the social the strata between like the, the chimps um and gorillas and um orangutans and all the other kind of the, you know different different types as well um i think it's really interesting so looking forward to um, studying that more as we go along um yeah i was i was shocked by it. The, the the shock ending the obviously I knew knew the twist um and it but it just kind of literally ends on really bang on the nose I was like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> um but as I say yeah I I didn't I wasn't until now I wasn't aware of like all the of, I was aware of the the um the remakes and, and the reboot series but I didn't know about like the uh, the sequels or any of the um like the cartoon or the TV series for example um I think Chris you hit the nail on the head there saying it, it kind of feels like an an extended twilight zone episode um it's very much kind of on that on that vein i think it was as charlie was saying it was meant to meant to kind of like be originally a spin-off of that series um and that was developed from from another one into a into a movie um so yeah i'm just i'm looking forward to kind of exploring more of this really interesting <laughs> varied
0: series <sighs> deep breath <laughs> charlie final
3: thoughts um yeah it's as as before i, I think it's it's such an important film and uh just a kind of really a real icon of sci-fi. Um, one, one of the things was, I'm always impressed whenever I watch it um, how committed it is to itself. Certainly, obviously, when, when we watch the Tim Burton film and when you think about, about other films of, of this ilk from later years that kind of have to wink their way through it and kind yeah. of... <laughs>
0: whereas this has such a stark we're aware this might play a bit daft to some of you yeah there's none of that in this
3: yeah it's 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 kind of this is what's happening and we're 100 percent committed to this and i think that really really works in its favor and i watched it on blu-ray today and it just looks beautiful it looks really really beautiful
0: it's a well shot film it does look good i mean obviously the makeup dates it we can't avoid that but um it, it it's a good looking, Phil, and yeah. it, it looks reasonably expensive. Whereas by the time we get to later entries, you you can see it's kind of, well, it feels almost like a TV budget, although it isn't. It's, it's mean, more than that. You're still talking millions. Yeah,
2: I actually think the thing that dates at the most is actually the the, the the space the spacecraft. Really, that's the one that sort of feels like, all right, that's that. and all the smoking. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were smoking in the '90s, I guess, but yeah, <laughs> that, that as well.
0: Um, yeah, but by the '90s, you only smoked if you were evil. Yes, or me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but the
1: or were Roger Moore with a big cigar.
3: <laughs> the makeup as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. In comparison, it is dated, but but I mean, taking it on it on its own self. And what you said earlier about. It's got that perfect balance of being able to communicate what the actor is doing, as well as still looking like it's a gorilla or it's a chimpanzee. I think the best actor in the film is um, was Kim Hunter.
0: Um, Zero. I was, I was just about to say because the work she does with her eyes is extraordinary.
3: Exactly, and she is brilliant. And um, yeah, the way the way she worked.
0: She's mask. thought about that. I don't think she's just got incredibly expressive eyes, although she might do. Yeah. But just, I, I, yeah. it's like she's she sat and thought about. I need to act un, under all this.
4: Yeah.
0: And it 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 really works because I knew the minute he said, "Best actor in the film," I thought I think he's going to say Kim Hunter. Yeah. Um. And and I I can't disagree at all. She's superb. Yeah. And, uh, i'm looking her up now because i don't even know what she looks like out of makeup.
3: um i mean the, the the scene where john heston kisses her at the end and it cuts to um cornelius and the expressions of Rodney mcdowell's given as well um where he's kind of so absolutely confused at seeing his fiancee being kissed by by a human mm. um and uh it's just brilliant it's just an um, just that's what that's that's the kind of thing that really makes these kind of films special for me maybe is like that, that they're able to do that and kind of yeah for all the as, as good as rick baker's makeup is in the uh the remake um as, as far as I, know, I haven't seen it for probably since i saw it in the cinema maybe
0: Yeah, no, I I saw it last year. I won't say any more than that. The makeup (laughs) effects still stand up very well. The one exception is, uh, what's his character called? Is it Fade?
3: Yeah, uh, Tim
0: Tim Roth's character. They put like a perma frown on his face (laughs) and it doesn't move. So he looks strangely unexpressive Mm. because he's locked into one expression. But the rest of them, they've, they've really sort of, communicated subtlety of of character type through the makeup
4: yeah
0: um and the other thing i'll say about the remake is they've they've designed a society you could imagine as an extrapolation of like evolved apes as we know apes now yeah yeah, it, it, it's it, the 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 set design and makeup on that film is absolute thing of beauty. But that might be one of the only positive things to say about. Oh it. yeah,
3: no, I, th- I think technically the film
0: is yeah. outstanding. Yeah, yeah,
3: and Danny Alfman's music as well.
0: Don't yeah. remember the score, but I'm sure I'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. Um okay, Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you feel informed, Chris? Though? Um,
2: to be honest, no. Um. I mean, as informative as, as Charlie is, um, I feel lacking of facts of some description.
0: Well, yeah, because, I, I mean, when, when he said the best actor in the film is, and I said Kim Hunter, I've pulled that out of my ass because I didn't even know this film had actors in it. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was that unknowledgeable, and I was really shocked to find that the leading man wasn't Charlton Athletic Football Club. Um, so I, I, I need some help. Who can we turn to at this hour of darkness?
2: Um,
0: uh, uh, Thor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Surely he's the only one.
0: Uh, I have got a phone number for Thor, <laughs> though. Oh. So, Becca? Can... He hasn't got a phone, has he? He hasn't, he hasn't, got he has got he hasn't even got a phone, has he? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Speaking <laughs> to Natalie Portman.
3: Is it, is it Rack- Ragnarok? Uh, I think it's probably all the Thors. Like... <laughs> he says you don't have a phone. Was he on
1: Earth There's, these days?
3: Have you ever heard of email? He's you have a computer know
1: what for <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah although nobody on set that's really a
1: funny
0: <laughs> and, yeah I like Ragnarok but the problem is the sheer weight of jokes was getting to me by the end it was just like everything in this film's a fucking joke <laughs> <laughs> was funny um, I think I, I so kind of better. wonder if
1: we're, we're heading more towards like obviously with Wonder Woman movie coming up we're kind of going more towards like the very 80s retro retro junkie inspired But
3: well, we know all about Wonder Woman we don't know about Planet
1: of the Apes. No. No, coming soon.
0: Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, we will do DC at some point. What, what a fucking disjointed scene. <laughs> <That's
1: laughs> yeah, like yeah that that's going to be varied. We, we might
0: have to do that in two
2: parts, by the it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it might be like, like DC when it, when it didn't know what it was doing. DC <laughs> when it, <laughs> it still it doesn't know what it's doing. doing but the, <laughs> the, the,
3: the extended universe remnants and the rest. Zack Snyder's director's cut.
0: Oh, oh, Jesus well the director's cut's actually better than the theatrical but that's not saying much they're both shit <laughs> it's you just like it's just the extended cut is better explained shit
3: Which Batman or uh, Batman vs Superman or Justice yeah.
0: League no that one I haven't seen the Justice yeah. League yeah. <laughs> that,
3: really that, that,
0: that
2: will be a four or five hour opus that will be
0: oh, oh, it's so, a mini series apparently yeah, yeah. I still watch it I, I'm i not going to pay f- but I'm not going to pay for it no
1: <laughs>
3: not that I'm going to pirated or anything
0: no nor am no, i of
1: course not it's, never it's
0: just going to turn up on a usb that's plugged into my uh <laughs> machine device. by because that happens a lot it happened with parasite earlier in the year
1: it magically appears just in the ether
0: fucking brilliant yeah still we're delaying uh, our enriched intelligence i think that's a word becca
1: yes i've got some fun facts um I was kind of hoping Charlie might fill in in the fun facts, but maybe not. So I'll just whip some ones that I've found. Why well do just and that on
0: him now?
3: <laughs> well, I was going yeah. to say something earlier, but I thought it, you mentioned a fun fact about makeup,
0: so I thought I'd leave it until, yes. just in well, case there was a... It's that uh, fun
1: fact, that yeah, fun yeah, fact
0: is, all the ape effects are, they're wearing, like, masks of makeup. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. None of the actors oh, actually God, look oh, like
1: yeah, anyway, fun facts. Uh, fun fact number one: the film's movie. <laughs> what did I just say? The film's famous line, "Get your paws off me, damn it um Was voted. It's a little bit that
2: way, of course, but you know.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, um, in two thousand and five, for the hundred years, hundred quotes, AFI Five voted it the sixty sixth greatest movie line ever. Um, fun fact number two, which I think is probably what Charlie was going to tell us: um, John Chambers' makeup effects were based on technique he used during World War Two. Um, to give any sort of soldiers who were unfortunately disfigured um, a more, I say normal, but I just kind of, a more kind of like to kind of make them feel better about their appearance. Um, apparently, he took great care to study apes at LA Zoo, for example, and study the facial expressions. Um, and so, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences gave um, gave an honorary Oscar for makeup, which um, wasn't even a category in its own right until the early '80s, I think. Um, he and he held.
0: apes at the zoo. Apes at the Zoo, indeed. Is that why the characters <laughs> are awesome. masturbated <laughs> in
1: every scene? Obviously, yeah, i mean the the category of, of makeup and special effects. Um, he helped regular training sessions for 20th Century Fox um, and mentored other makeup artists as well. And apparently there's a team of maybe 80 to 100 makeup artists working on this film, so much so that it slowed down other productions um, because literally he just managed to, <laughs> managed to draft all basically, an army of, of makeup artists um, for the work on this film. Um I didn't realize as well that his other sort of claim to fame obviously amongst many other things was creating sports pointy ears for the uh, TV um, the Star Trek TV series Uh, fun fact number three other actors considered for the role of Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus include (laughs) Yul Brynner, Jose Ferrer, Alec Guinness, Laurence Olivier, Peter Ustinov and Orson Welles Um, and some of the actors considered for the role of Taylor include Sean Connery, Stephen Queen, Paul Newman, Rod Taylor, Rock Hudson, Bert Lancaster as I mentioned earlier and John Wayne that would have been very interesting I think Um, I don't think he would have got buck naked um, fun fact number four, the Statue of Liberty was in her original frame, um, at, which you see at the end of the film, um, and it was replaced um, in nineteen ninety six when it, the, the statue was renovated for its centennial. Um, so the um, the ending, the iconic image, which is kind of part model, part map painting, is also interesting for, for that reason as well. Um, fun fact number five, in my last fun fact... Um, as we said throughout the film, uh, throughout the show, the Planet of the Apes franchise remains hugely popular and casts a big shadow within popular culture. Um, in the 70s, fans Bill Blake and Paula Christ created their um, Cornelius and Zera costumes. Um, they were so convincing that 20th Century Fox actually licensed them to appear at official events and cons, like eight cons, things like that during the 70s and, and 80s as well. Um, so I think that's amazing. <laughs> Obviously, cosplay is hugely popular today. Um and, it, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a real, it's it's a real treat to be able to kind of share um, artists and their talent at, at various cons. So I think this is kind of like one of the, one of the starting points really for it. Um, a sort of like it cons and kind of really, really popular for any sort of films and, and movies. Um, and, and text is what I'm trying to say, sort of featuring apes and that's that sort of, um, that sort of thing really. Um, and so to have them sort of like create, you know, they're in costumes just as, as fans of, of the book and fans of the series and um, fans of the film. And then for the studio to sort of to approach them and say, like, you know, we, we can license you to to appear you know, officially at uh, these sort of cons. I, I just think that was fantastic. So I think that's probably my favourite fact of Dispatch.
3: I just want to go to ApeCon.
1: Yeah, I'd like to go to ApeCon as well. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I don't know, is it still going or what? I don't know. I doubt it probably not, but I, I imagine I don't know if there was a new film out or something, you, you probably would see a lot of people, you know, you kind of he did you did cosplay in that sort of like in the 70s and they'd probably dress up again because I just, I think that's amazing Apecon, let's look it up let's have a look. Apecoin, no I don't want coin Apecon let's see no <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's is, is a thing anymore yeah, so, well, a, yeah. a lot of programming websites come up about Apecon
0: they are. I, 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 there are. There are going to be more um, uh, Planet of the Apes films. They, are, they, are, they have sort of announced that it's a priority for them, uh, the studio. So well, we will. We, we will get more, and I think it's going to be in continuity with the most recent three, even though it won't be the same characters. Um, so we'll see. So it may may come back as a thing. Yeah
2: we'll I I've I've always thought they're just going to come back and just remake this film but in in the same sort of setting as
0: the new ones Well, eventually we'll get to the point where they will launch I don't know I don't know I don't think so I think it's telling a different story mm. but I don't know we'll see. we'll we'll find out one day I'm sure cuz it's obviously a viable product it has to do decent box office cuz they're expensive to make now all or, or CG and stuff um but they do well enough and they've been good. You know, I, I won't. it won't be absolutely, you know, um, it won't be untempered praise, but I'll be very positive about the new films, I think.
2: Can I just share an alleged fact? About <laughs> that I've seen? Well, this sounds promising. Alleged uh, facts, well, allegedly, yeah. Jerry Goldsmith wore a gorilla mask while writing oh, yeah, he a good did, yeah Oh, wow, score. really? There's a picture of it. I'll find, it. I'll, I'll
3: find the photo. There's a That's picture fabulous. of him doing
2: it.
0: What, what, while he was doing what? Condu- while he was conducting,
2: conducting,
3: conducting. writing
2: and That's was conducting what was school.
1: Doing, what, what was he doing, Dave? Hang on, look.
0: Going to the bathroom. And, and throwing shit on the wall, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if, you, corner. if you type in Jerry Goldsmith 8 Mask into a Google image search, it's the oh, first yeah. image. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, right, so, so it is true, then?
0: It's, just, it's true, yeah. am oh, so literally yes. looking at a photo of it.
1: We'll, we'll have to share that on our social media feeds.
0: Yeah. So he couldn't shit, i Had no idea what he was conducting, but bollocks <laughs> anyway. It'd be all right. Okay. As for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen
2: seventy six on Twitter. Thank you for find me at You can find all the other episodes at symmetrywritings.
3: Find
1: me at
0: Films on Wax on Twitter,
1: and you can find us on Twitter at Expect us to Talk, and you can um, find us on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you listen to us. Um, and don't forget to like us, rate us, review us and share us across social media. And if you want to email us, you can especially talk at gmail.com.
0: Okay, we're underway. Brilliant. So next week, continuity Charlton Heston, which means Becca?
1: Do you expect us to talk or return with Beneath the Planet of the Apes?
0: <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs>